You are listening to the Delay and Pray podcast, episode number 31. Welcome to the Delay and Pray podcast, where certified Catholic and weight loss coach Beth Bubick teaches you how to permanently lose weight through spiritual fasting. Get ready to gain faith and lose weight through a joyful transformation of both body and soul. Now, your host, Beth, the Catholic Fasting Coach. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to introduce to you a fellow Catholic coach and an expert when it comes to the power of a woman's body, especially when it comes to our cycles. This is going to be a great podcast for women, young and old, and all in between. We must have knowledge of our bodies as the strong women that God created us to be because our bodies are powerful. Your prayers are powerful too. You are more powerful in body and soul than you know. We all are. Through prayer and fasting, we have the ability to change ourselves and change the world. And today, we are going to discuss all the ways that our bodies work for good to enable us to pray and fast as God created them to do. We are strong. We can fast and pray. We can lose our weight by spiritual fasting. We can help our cycles to be more comfortable and healthy. One way we can do this is by stopping our addictions to sugar, flour, and alcohol, as you know, and we can change ourselves. And again, we can change the world. We were made for a time as this right now. Spiritual fasting is for strong and powerful women who want to follow in the footsteps of the Blessed Mother. She is the one asking us to delay and pray. Fasting on Wednesdays and Fridays are for her intentions. And it's not that hard. You just need a plan, some great information, and some determination and prayer. And a huge part of fasting and feasting is knowing our cycles. And my next guest is going to tell us all about this. I'm so excited. You're going to love her. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Her name is Jane Snyder, and she is the founder and CEO of Wisdom Wellness Coaching and hosts a podcast that is simply amazing. Everybody must go there. And it is called Cycles and Sanctity. She has been married to her husband, Steve, for over 36 years. They have six children, ages 35 to 18, and she homeschooled them for 18 years. 21 years ago, she started the first Catholic homeschool group in her city. Due to life situations, they had their younger children in a public school for the past 13 years. She has been a La Leche League leader for six years and was introduced to natural family planning in the first few months of her marriage. But it was when she read the encyclical Humana Vitae that she really understood how much contraception and its mindset harms the human person, marriage, and society as a whole. For almost 30 years, she has been a promoter for NFP. And in 2018, she studied to become an instructor for the Billings Ovulation Method. She's been studying the Catholic mindset methodology with Metanoia Catholic, where we first met. And Jane realized that while she can teach a young woman or a couple the concept of NFP and how to practice it, each client's thoughts are actually the key to success. Therefore, she is gifted with both teaching and coaching. Her desire is that through her work, preaching the good news of women's bodies and the marital embrace, she can assist Catholic couples to become holy through the virtues they practice with natural family planning and become true witnesses of Christ's love and mercy. 
She also has a program called Uniquely Beautifully Older You, and it is for the older woman who was not given this good news of her beauty and uniqueness and may be in a transition in her life to discover what this new chapter may look like in the adventure ahead. And let me tell you, my friends, that was me. I was 40 years old when I learned about NFP and what it actually does. And I never looked back. I'm such a fan. Her clients, her friends, and fellow coaches lovingly call her Mama Jane as her gift to the world is how she mothers everyone. So let me introduce to you Jane Snyder, affectionately known as Mama Jane. Hello, Mama Jane. How are you today? Hello, my friend Beth. I'm doing awesome. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. <laughs> oh, I, I'm so in agreement with that. Well, I'm excited to get together today and just talk about a woman's cycle and how women have superpowers um, with their bodies and how God created our bodies. So the first thing I would love to hear from you is just a little bit about just like your faith story and how you came to love NFP and the cycle um, of a woman's body and just, you know, why you want to give this information to the world. Thank you. So, um, if you've heard my, any of my podcasts, I've kind of shared that I was raised in a nominally Catholic, you know, Catholic in name only type of family. Um, and yet my dad intuitively knew deep down in his heart that it was better to be Catholic and not practicing than be Protestant. (laughs) Because I had had an encounter with our Lord very early in my youth. Uh, I wanted to know Jesus. I wanted to hang out with people that love Jesus. And I started to go to the Protestant church um, in college. And that's what he said. He's like, as long as I'm paying the bills, you're going to Catholic church. So I, you know, started learning a little bit. The only thing I was ever taught about dating well, let me just put it this way. The only thing that I ever had on like my wish list of a perfect man, right? Because some of these young people are like, oh, I've got this perfect list of these virtues. And I'm like, I was not there. I just wanted to marry a Catholic so that we could raise our children Catholic. That was the only thing. And thanks be to God, my husband um, had gone to junior sem, uh, thought he was going to be a priest, and then he joined the military. So, So I came with great ignorance, but great desire to love the Lord. And as I grew in my understanding about the Catholic Church, I realized that what the church taught was the fullness of the truth and that scripture from Romans really resonated with me early on uh, as a young, I got married at 23, that I have to renew my mind with the, the mind of Christ. And so that's really what my pursuit has been for the past 36 years is thinking like Christ thinks. I want to think like Christ. I want to love like Christ. I want to speak like Christ. I want to act like Christ. But it all begins in our thoughts. When I found Metanoia Catholic, it was just such an answer to prayer because I had been searching. I understood this. So that's kind of my, my conversion story. Unfortunately, because I was kind of worldly, I I wasn't chased. I I you know had a number of relationships. My husband and I weren't chased. We weren't we weren't asked about that. Marriage prep programs were sort of just beginning. We really weren't given a a program. So I didn't understand this until after we got married and somebody had told share a little bit with me. We got pregnant right away. 
So I figured I knew what, what I was doing. We wanted large family. And then I had seven years of infertility. And that's really where I had to read Humana Vitae and understand the unitive aspect and the procreative aspect of the marital act. And that's really where I gave a lot of witness because this is back... I talked to Teresa Kinney, who was the nurse practitioner with Dr. Hilders, who started Creighton Model. They hadn't even existed when I was going through what I was going through, you know, and and that's part of my story. It's like a lot of the words that we have nowadays, the PCOS, endometriosis, all this stuff, that wasn't even around when I was going through my infertility. But when you get into the infertility side of the industry, the whole goal is to get you a baby. And Humana Vitae talks about that, that a child is a gift. And I had to stand up and say, no, 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 no. My body worked once. I want to know why my body's not working now. The child is not the the goal. Yes, the child would be great, but why is my body not working? And so I have a unique perspective on that. I had to speak to medical doctors that you know, I, I don't have a medical degree. I don't have a master's in theology. I mean, you know, I don't have, I'm just a girl. (laughs) You're just a woman. (laughs) I'm just a woman that loves the Lord and knows the goodness. And, uh, so anyway, so, so that's been, that, that was my story. I mean, praise God, you know, after seven years we were able to have, um, so then I, so we jokingly say we had seven years of fasting and seven years of feasting. (laughs) I love it. Boom, I love boom, it. Boom. You know, what's interesting about your story. And this is what I tell all of my clients and everyone out there is that the Lord works through redemptive suffering. A lot of times he has to bring a little suffering into our lives in order to get us to be not only closer to him, but to, to find the knowledge that is needed to go forward in our lives with him. So mm. we're drawn closer to the Lord through our suffering. And then we are also really we're searching for the information needed to help our own bodies and to help our own lives. And that's where the intellect and the will comes in. We've got to fuel mm-hmm. that intellect with really good information in order to talk our will into doing, you know, the greatest good for all of us. And so it's interesting too, because I love that you talk about women having, you know, just power in their feminine genius and that, that basically I do the same thing. I, I say it all the time. Our bodies are so beautifully made. I mean, when, when you're gaining weight, you know, our bodies are actually working or not working and we got to figure that out. Like there's mm-hmm. something going on. And, and so it starts in our thoughts and we have to, we have to actually almost utilize the situation as the great experiment to go out and say, okay, what is going on? What's happening with me? Why can't I fast and pray? W- what's happening with the inside of my body? And I love that you are actually taking this viewpoint on getting pregnant and having a family. Um, and it's, it is interesting about, you know, the, the cycles that we're having in order to like studying that to conceive a child, but there's a lot of other stuff going on. Isn't there mama Jane? Yes, there is. And, you know, just one thing about that redemptive suffering. I, I say many times I look back on that, you know, those seven years, 
and I leaned into the Lord. I mean, I leaned into the Lord. There were many, many times when I would just break down in tears at the consecration at the daily mass. And and it's been a gift now because there are many times where I will be overwhelmed with with sadness of a situation and you know, my my kids laugh at me like I'll be joyful and then I'll be sorrowful in, in the mass. But it's like, no, I know how to pray. I know how to intercede for those. And I know how to just give my heart to the Lord in a deeper way that um, maybe many people and, you know, maybe many people don't know how to do it. Or I, I kind of always wonder like, wow, would I have been able to draw close to the Lord had I had all the children that I wanted when I wanted them? Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think like he really gave me that desert aspect of like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to guide you and you're going to be my witness. That is so interesting because I had the same thing when I start, when I first started to fast and pray, I remember that, that one Lent when my mom was dying. Um, and I, I remember being at church and I remember the Lord saying, Beth crawl into the, my side wound crawl Mm. into my wound. I will protect you there. Come on in. And I remember just like, Oh, I was crying so hard. And it just, um, it made me realize I needed to be that close to the Lord. Like that, that is how much pain that I was having, um, Mm -hmm. in my situation and so many things, so many things, so many things were happening at the time, but I've never looked back. It's very, I'm just like you now. I'm our love is deep, very, very deep, but I couldn't have had it without the suffering. I couldn't have. And that's so true. And it's one of the things when I first listened to your podcast, I was just like, oh my goodness, I need to hang out with this girl. Because again, like (laughs) I said, one of the stories I shared with you uh, when we were preparing is, you know, like I said, I I got to this really, really dark place. I mean, when I finally found a Catholic uh, OBGYN, Dr. Bruchowski in Virginia, he's beautiful. He basically said to me, you're clinically depressed and we need to d- deal with your depression first before we deal with your infertility. And just because of my own family background, I didn't want to be on any kind of antidepressants. So thanks, thankfully, a friend of mine um, was able to help me with nutrition and things like that. However, before that, so I was in this very, very dark space, very dark space. And um, I remember listening to a talk uh, by Kimberly Hahn. And at that time, she talked about how half of her, her, all of her siblings and all of their spouses were all virgins before they got married. And that was part of my, like one of my guilts, like, oh my goodness, is this, you know, is it, is, is God punishing me because of mm. my sins? Right. And what she said was at that time, half of their pregnancies were ending in a miscarriage. And then she talked about the the redemptive, the suffering and the um, the reparation against abortion, contraception, and all this stuff. So I I remember willfully intentionally offering my period in union with the precious, this sounds kind of gross, but in union with the precious blood of Jesus for those who were fornicating, for those who were contracepting, for those who were boarding, for those who were sterilizing. And I, it gave me relief when I did get my menstruation because 
I would hold my breath for a while, you know, until my progesterone dropped and like, nope, you didn't make a baby this, this month, but it gave me purpose. And I think that's one of the things that you and I, um, listening to you about fasting for a specific purpose, like you have such a great mission of desiring to bring a million Catholics back into the church and you pray for that one specific person. Like I heard your story about your mom and, and like how you prayed and fast for that one specific mission. And it's so beautiful. And so it's kind of like, that's why I resonate with you. It's kind of like, that's how I have fasted is using my cycle to fast for others you know, during the infertile time. And then later my husband's military. So there were many times throughout our, you know, our, our marriage that he was deployed, you know, he was deployed in, um, Kuwait during the first war. He was deployed in Iraq. He's deployed in Korea, that some field problems and, you know, you have to abstain. Right. And so during the fertile phases, I would have to offer that time for those couples who were trying to conceive. I mean, it's just my heart is so tender towards all of it for those who've lost children in miscarriage, for those who can't conceive, for those who I have friends that like jokingly say, I just have to look at my husband and we get pregnant. You know, for those people too, that is a cross as well, like being fertile myrtle, that is a cross as well, but it's also a joy. And so um, this whole thing just, it's such a big, huge, huge ball of wax, but I pray for it all. And I know the beauty Well, doesn't it- Go on. That's okay. I I was saying, isn't it, sometimes it's kind of all in the same bucket. So like you can fast off of food on Wednesdays and and Fridays, um, and we eat meals, kind of eat on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and feast on Sundays. Okay. So we're trying to figure this whole cycle out, but really it's the cycle of life in every way. So we can still fast on thing on other things and feast on other things. And so in the fast, we recognize the feast, but yes. we have to fast to really appreciate the feast. So, so then you ended up with six kids somehow. So you got yeah. the feast. Yes, yes. And you know, it's so funny. I have to say, Beth, because when I heard your podcast and you talked about, well, first of all, delay and pray. I love that concept of like, just take five more minutes, just five more minutes, you know? Um, I was like, yeah, that's perfect. And um, But then also you, you have this concept of eat, fast, and feast. And the rules that I... I love Billing's ovulation method because it only has four rules. Either you're going to try to conceive or you're going to try to postpone, and therefore you do certain things. So just a little bit of technology or, you know, a little bit of teaching here. The second phase of the cycle is called the basic infertile pattern. And so during that phase, we recommend that a couple comes together in the evening and alternate days. So that's kind of like the eating phase, right? And then depending on what they desire for the, during the fertile phase, if they're trying to, whether they're trying to conceive or whether they're trying to postpone, it's recommended that they fast for a number of days until they hit that peak, until they get the slippery. And then if they're trying to achieve you know, boom, let's celebrate, let's come together. You know, if they're trying not to, then we're going to continue to fast. 
But once they hit that luteal phase, once ovulation has finished in those three days, then the cervix is closed, ovulation will not occur again, and you have about 11 to 16 days. And I always call that the honeymoon phase, and that is our feasting phase. And Mm -hmm. I'll tell couples, like, I don't... so. I have couples, they they have to chart again, just like you, like you have to write out your plan of food, right? So mm-hmm. you have to make the observations every day and you have to annotate, like, did we have intercourse or not, you know? And I tell couples, like, I don't see enough eyes on this, on this part of the chart. You need to be celebrating because the fasting is, becomes too hard, right? If they have to fast for whatever reason, but we also have to celebrate and- and they're like, I have many clients that will come to me like, my husband loves you because you tell us to have sex. And I'm like, well, <laughs> it's a God-given grace. Like, this is beauty. This is what this is what marriage is all about, you know? Oh, um, my gosh. So right, I'm going to stop you right there, Mama Jane, because I have to tell you something. I honestly, okay, so I can tell my little story about how I came to NFP. Um, wasn't as fun as that one. Um, but how beautiful that there's a regimen to it in order to abstain, in order to not conceive or to conceive. And there's, there's specific regimen and planning that goes into this. How beautiful is that? Because I don't think our world really knows enough of about that. Um, NFP normally is in my eyes. And I think most of the world is just how not to conceive. So there's no celebration. It's just like, Oh, wait, we don't want a baby right now. So let's do that. Or we can go on the pill. It's like, how do we not conceive, which I I know you're going to talk about in a minute. And, and, and that is, Oh my gosh, what you just said is so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Celebrate with that sexual intercourse that is so important between a man and a woman when it's ordered and beautiful. Um, and I just wanted to tell you a little bit about my story is I use the, I use the Creighton method only because I had a really good friend and that was the model that they used in NFP. And I was 40 years old and I was having bleeding problems. Um, and they just kept putting me on the pill and I didn't want to go on it. They, that was the suggestion of the time by the OBGYN. So I, I found um, a gal, uh, her name is Susie Younger at, at the time. And I went to her and so I started charting. And in the end, what happened is we found out that I had fibroids and I had some problems. So I ended up having a hysterectomy, um, but I went to a NAPRO doctor as well. And it was just beautiful. I, at 40 years old, I was literally learning all about my cycles and all about my discharge and what was happening and what everything meant and why I was unhealthy in this area and how I could, how I could exactly take care of it. And it was absolutely beautiful. And that is why I'm, I encourage everyone. I don't care if you're 40, 50, whatever you are, get into this because you're going to really learn about your cycles. And then what I was able to do is get my, my girls into it early on, like in high school. And they were like, why are we doing this mom? Why? I mean, they were just so embarrassed because none of their friends were doing it. But I was like, I just want you to know your cycle. I just, I would love it if every single Catholic health classroom taught NFP, I mean, really taught it where they charted. Oh my gosh. And my, so now what's funny is interesting that both girls are very involved in it. Right. So it, and it's because they just had that early glimpse just for a couple months of how this works. Um, I paid to have them go and monthly and just so that they could get their eyes on it. Like you said, just to see like this is, and they would put their baby stickers on and they'd be like, Oh, well, these are the days, these are the days that my 
I can actually make a baby. Uh, and very, very aware of like when this can happen and when it can't. So I believe that it's just beautiful. And I thank you for your work because I know that it affected my life. And I'm so glad that I knew Susie to bring me into this part of my life because I think it's going to help my, my girls. And then my girls are helping other girls because right now, I don't know if you know this, but the culture is going away from the pill. There's, and, and it's not for Catholic reasons. It's just it, for health reasons. And you know what? That's, that is such, I'm so glad you mentioned that because as I was, um, well, deciding on my podcast and really kind of, um, you know, kind of like my niche or, or how I was going to to market and things. Uh, a dear friend of mine, Jamie Rathjen and Teresa Kinney, who have a podcast called Hormone Geniuses. And Jamie has a, pro, a program called Fiat Institute where she teaches hormone coaches. And I was in the beginning with her, but something didn't resonate. And what I realized is, as much as it is important to understand our health, and I want women to understand their cycles for their health. I also understand that there's this a lot of misunderstanding of what natural family planning is for the marriage. And that's what my that's why I called it cycles and sanctity because I see the marital act as the saving grace for the for the husband and the wife. And you know, I I talk a lot about using I use an analogy of a car. And I tell people, if you don't have a if you don't have a driver's license, you shouldn't be getting in a car and driving. If you don't have a wedding ring, you shouldn't be practicing the marital act. The marital act is a right and responsibility for a married couple. And it's like, again, it's all this, you know, there's just so much of it. But I see that when we can come together as a Catholic church and really understand the gift of marriage and the sanctity of marriage, but more importantly, the sanctity of the marital act. And that's part of the problem with the whole, I'm, while I'm very happy that the secular world is waking up and smelling the coffee and seeing how horrible the contraceptive industry has done to a woman's body, the danger is, is that because we know when our fertile phase is, then we're willing to do other things not to get pregnant because it's still that mentality of not getting pregnant, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's where we have to understand that unitive and procreative aspect of like, there's just not certain things that we are capable, we should be doing. We shouldn't, we, you know, the, the ends don't justify the means, right? Right, right. And that's, and that's where the sanctity, like where I have to call a sin a sin, tell them to get to confession, tell them to talk to, um, you know, a spiritual director. One of my friends, when I first started becoming an instructor, she said to me, with NFP, sexual sins come out of the closet. And I was not prepared as an instructor to deal with any of that when I first was kind of like you know, exposed to it. I was working at a pregnancy center and we were, although we were Catholic, we, you know, had everybody, we saw everyone. And so I didn't have the opportunity to really share the Catholic teaching on this mm -hmm. one couple. They were trying to conceive. I'm looking at her chart. I'm like, why aren't you guys, look, look, you guys are fertile. Why aren't you having sex? Like, what is the issue, right? What's the mindset, right? Like, hey, what's the problem? And she's like, oh, I'm like, she's like, well, we have to plan. That's what she kept saying. She, we have to plan. And I'm like, 
girlfriend, what you need to do is get onto a, you know, a sexy lingerie, light some candles, make a good meal and just go for it. And she's like, no, 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 we have to plan. We have to plan. Turned out her husband was addicted to porn and he was on Viagra. And I, as a new instructor, I didn't even know how to handle that. I was like, I don't know what to do with this. And I, thanks be to God, we had a, a chapel in our in our pregnancy center. I literally, after the call, I ran to, to the chapel and I was just like begging the Lord, like, I, what do I do with this? How do I, how do I help someone that is so gone that their physical body, and that's part of the other thing is that we talk about women's cycles, but men's bodies are also so important. Yes, yes. And I think, I think what you're saying is, I say this all the time in, in spiritual fasting, my mom used to say, sanctify yourself, sanctify the world. So we really have to, to get into the theology as well as the biology of our own bodies and, and go to the sacraments, go to confession, figure out the sanctity of our cycle, figure out the sanctity of our eating because people always say, well, what is the theology of like overeating? And I'm like, it's sloth and gluttony. Mm-hmm. And once you start having sloth and gluttony, and it's also honesty, because you can be very dishonest about your eating. You can say, well, I don't, I don't know why I'm this weight. I mean, I, I don't eat very much. Then you write it down and you go, oh, I guess I am. <laughs> it's, it's, oh gosh, I wrote that down. I, I am. Okay. And then you get to go back and you get to, to ask the Lord to sanctify it, bring the Lord into it, your weight struggles, what you're eating, why you're eating, your emotions, they say that the best definition of a thin person is a woman who is emotionally and theologically balanced. <laughs> so mm. you, yeah. So it's just, it's, it's, that is what we're looking for is, is this, it's, it's emotional. It's theological. It's bringing God into everything in a beautiful, beautiful way and celebrating it. It's turning everything on its head, isn't it? Yes. Yes. And you know, it's interesting because um, uh, 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 I just did a podcast on, and I was talking about the, the virtue of chastity and the catechism explains, defines chastity is the whole integration of the human person. There's sexuality. I mean, and isn't that what we all desire? I mean, we are all desiring the whole integration of our our whole person. And and again, it's one of those things that I see as a society. We 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 kind of um, we've split ourselves. We're we're so um, what's the word? Multi personal, you know, whatever. I can't even think of the word. But we we take our mind and we separate our our body and we do this and we do that. And the specialization, it's like, no, 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 no. We're, we're all integrated. Everything works together. Body and, and it's soul. so Catholic because when I'm suffering, somehow you're suffering or somehow you're helping me carry that suffering. And when I'm joyful, uh, my joy helps you with your joy. I mean, that communion of saints, it's so powerful, which is what you're doing is so great with the with the delay and pray and, and fasting, the spiritual fasting. Like how much more can we help our brothers and sisters through spiritual fasting and praying for them? Yes. We might not be able to physically help them, you know, financially or, you know, change their caste or whatever, you know, whatever the situation is in their suffering. Um, when my husband was deployed in Iraq, my friends would always like, how can I help? I'm like, can you help me help me 
put all five of my kids down at, are you going to come to my house at nine o'clock at night and help me with my kids? No, no, you're not like, you know, but they had such compassion and they really wanted to help. So they helped in other ways that kind of alleviated. Right. And of course I know their prayers were, were efficacious. So right. that's so great. I love your program. I really, really love your program. So interesting. Let's talk a little bit about like cravings during menstrual cycles. Um, and what's interesting is in my work with um, trying to combat over desire, over hunger, um, overeating. Cause that, those, that's a cycle when we have like a lot of sugar and a lot of flour coming into our bodies, which, which creates a high insulin response because of the glucose intake. Then what happens if you don't use the insulin, like if you're not going to go run afterwards, a marathon or whatever it is, then it gets stored as fat. And that, that causes inflammation. It causes stress and it causes just this same cycle of over, you know, over desire, overeating, over hunger, and it just goes around. And so what's interesting is, um, a lot of my clients will say, well, okay, I'm still having a little bit more craving during the menstrual cycle. And, and I, I've kind of, I look this up and, and basically what we've got is we've, you know, during this time we have low serotonin and that's made in the gut and made in the brain. And um, by the way, we talk about dopamine and serotonin as neurotransmitters. And then also the estrogen receptors are there too. And so our tryptophan, which makes serotonin is decreasing. We have lower estrogen and this, this can create a little bit of depression, some headaches, uh, mood swings, all of this is going on. And we, we think we're just crazy. And why do I want chocolate and Coke and, you know, uh, I don't know, like donuts and cake. And it's all these carbs that we're craving. But the thing is what I'm teaching is, wow, there's, there's some supplements we can take to help. And there's also good carbs that you just, it's a mindset. You just have to switch plan and you have to switch over to some very healthy food that can help you, even really dark chocolate, like certain things that can help you during these times. But we just, you know, it has a lot to do with high insulin. It has a lot to do with high stress, which causes the low serotonin. Um, and there's things we can do about all this. And it's just recognizing being aware when this time comes, what can I do about it? Yeah, right. And, you know, that's the interesting thing about being human, right? We can think about our thinking and, and become self-aware. And so, yeah, it's one of those things that I also talk about in my, in my podcast about the four phases of the cycle and menstruation. It, it's interesting. Menstruation is actually the last part of the cycle, but because of science and they needed something to, you know, kind of observe we start the cycle. We always say the last, you know, first day of your last menstruation, right? But in reality, it's the last, it's the shedding of the, the uterus lining because we didn't create a human being. Ovulation is the main event of the cycle. And that's what most people don't even understand. They don't even know when they're ovulating, right? So when we're shedding, one of the things I talk about is using, that's like literally shedding, we're shedding our blood, we're, we're discarding, which is why sometimes we're more emotional, we're more reflective. It's an opportunity for a woman to use that time to kind of go inward, um, self-care, really protect herself, give herself the permission to go to bed early, give herself permission to watch the notebook for the, you know, the, the chick flick, give herself permission to, you know, again, not overindulge, but maybe a little bit, you know, what, what 
is the chocolate what I need is, and really get in tune to, again, that question, like you always ask, like, what is it my body is craving at this moment and acknowledge that yes, carbs, women do need more carbs during menstruation. Cause again, if you're thinking about what the body's doing, that's why we get cramps. Cause our uterus is working so hard. It's, I used to teach a, a class for pre-puberty girls and their moms, and we used to call it cleaning up the party because the the party guests didn't come. Like we had this, all this, you know, we all, and then you have to clean up the party, right? You have to sweep the floor and you have to put the food away, you know? So you've got to do the work afterwards, right? And that's really what your body's doing. And if you recognize what your body's doing and you can appreciate and you know, we talk about with a, with um, with our temperaments and stuff, I, the ideal condition, right? So creating that ideal condition, allowing yourself to maybe go take the hot bath or, but again, part of it is, and I've had to do this a lot with myself, what do I really need? What is the world telling me I need and what do I really need? And that's exactly. something that women will not do. Women, and I am that person. My my oldest daughter talks about that all the time. I gave, I gave, I gave, you know, I served, I served, I served. I never gave myself the time or the space to really protect myself. And you know, what's so interesting about what you're saying is this, like, I never even thought about this before this moment, you know, when when a woman is having a period, that is the space to either celebrate that my body is working just perfectly. And, you know, we are, we are abstaining from having a child at this time where we're not going to do that or to grieve or to grieve and to fast for others that, you know, if they're trying to conceive a child and there, there's a period and just into it and to accept and embrace your body for it, for it working at this time to pray, to offer that blood up to others. Um, but you know, either, either you're fasting or feasting, either you're, either you're celebrating, you know, or you're, or you're have sorrow and you can share that sorrow, um, for others who, uh, either for reparation, like you were saying before, or for others who are also trying to conceive. So I, I never even thought about, you know, like, you know, the, the period, that part of the cycle as, as like, what kind of emotion, what kind of thoughts do you want to tie to that particular time that you're going through as a woman? And what do you, what would you like to do about it? I mean, normally if you ask the world, it's, it's a period. It, it's it, it, the world tells us it's, it, I, I'm going to get crude from it, but like, it sucks to have a period. You just got to drive on, you know, don't complain about your cramps, your take PMS, the pill. take the pill. I mean, all of these things and it's not honoring. And even with entrepreneurs, I share with them about using that time to like, again, be reflective, be kind of like introspective to go inward and to really kind of assess. I think Ignatian and like, this is a really perfect time to kind of like look back and see things. Cause a lot of times during your menstruation, you're more aware scientifically they've proven that sometimes women will see colors brighter. They'll hear things They're they're You know, that's why we're so we're emotional. Like somebody will look at us wrong and we'll break into tears. Our emotions are more elevated. Everything is, is just ex magnified. So why don't we use the magnification for our good and for the good of others? Um, and, 
you know, it's just, I was in the military. And so uh, Megan Gephardt, armed, armed with a heart, she's amazing. And she and I talk because that's a really hard place to be as a woman. Like literally, it's just like... Megan Gephardt is in uh, Metanoia Catholic. She was a coach, uh, a co, a fellow coach with Mama Jane and I, and she has a podcast called Armed with a Heart. So if you are a, a woman, especially in the military, a young woman, especially because she has little kids, um, it's one to go see, uh, or listen to. It's it's absolutely beautiful, and she's a she's a great coach, and she is just a beautiful person all the way around. So you know, it's it's interesting. Oh, what were you going to say? Do, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Real quickly, one yeah, thing yeah. I wanted to share. Also, what you said was really important about our menstruation, right? Is it either celebrate because we're, we're we didn't conceive, or you know, to grieve? One of the things that I discovered when, and it gives me great joy when I'm teaching young young women, young college students, young high school students, the appreciation that their body is working. It's like, again, it's the mindset. And I have had so many young women have said, oh my goodness, Mama Jane, I now look forward to having my period because I know that my body's working. Like this is part of my body. This is how my body's supposed to work. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's kind of like, no offense. And I'm sure you get into this, but like having a bowel movement, like a bowel movement is a good and holy thing. Like we want to discard the stuff, right? And when people are constipated, that is like sharing with like the system is not working, right? And same thing with our menstruation is that like, this is a good and holy thing. This is what God has created for us. So celebrate. You know, I, it, I, I agree. It is a mindset. We take things for granted and um, we have to shift our mindset into love and abundance. And um, I'm not saying that, you know, you just, everybody should celebrate every period or, or like grieve every period. You know, there's a neutral place where you're like, oh, I'm having my period. That's good. It's fine. Um, that's right. fine too. But I think we should just be aware of why it's happening, how it's happening and that God created it for just these beautiful reasons and that we should have self-care during this time and we should take care of ourselves and there's supplements we can take. You got to go out there and find them. It's the greatest experiment on having how to take care of your own body and your own soul. Well, I want to wrap up with, I love how you, um, you know, in talking about the beauty of our bodies, um, as temples of the Holy spirit, I love how you talk about two holy duties. You always say, love your two holy duties. Um, number one, to give God praise for his life and his love. And number two, to renew our minds so that we can know the will of God and what is good, pleasing and perfect. Even our weight struggles and our cycles, it all goes together. Can you just kind of just wrap us up with those thoughts? Yeah. I mean, again, it's just acknowledging that everything that that is created and we are created, God has a plan for it. And so we have to get back to what is the purpose? What is the purpose and what? how do we use it well? Right. Um, but then also giving praise for to God in all things. I mean, St. Ignatius, I, I just keep going back to the St. Ignatius Foundation and, and first principle, like we should be giving him thanks. We shouldn't ask for, you know, healthy life or sick life, or, you know, s- health or sickness, long life or short life, health, wealth or poverty. We should give God thanks in all things. So it, whether we're having struggles with infertility, we're, we're losing babies. We're having more babies than we want to. We're, you know, everything is to give glory to God. That's, you know, but I think, um, the more we are aware of what our bodies can do, 
how our bodies are made, then the closer we can become to God. And then we can become more stewards, right? That's that's really the ultimate thing is like, that was the first mission, like go be stewards and mm. then we can be more stewards. And instead yeah. of abdicating our will, and like you mentioned before, you know, intellect and will, we have to strengthen our will, but without the knowledge, how can we make the better choices? Exactly. So um, St. Thomas Aquinas says that the three passions that we must work diligently to, to ensure that they are ordered are eating, having sex, and knowing the truth. And let me tell you, in this day and age, we have a problem with ordered eating uh, because of the obesity and all the things that are skyrocketing there, the disease, um, um, sexual disorder, disorder is through mm-hmm. the roof um, because people don't know what you're saying. And then people don't know the truth. People think they know the truth, but a lot of them just know fake news. And so, you know, ordered eating or sexual life ordered, knowing the truth, just knowing the truth. If you keep those three things in mind, this is, this is where we are as human beings created by Christ. This is where we're ordered. And we, we, we are ordered to these two holy duties. Give praise to God for your female body. There is nothing like the female body. Being female um, belongs to being female. Being male belongs to being male. And you cannot uh, confuse the two. And we must strive for what is good, pleasing, and perfect in all of our struggles and, and definitely give the glory to God. And that is a mindset shift, all being love and abundance. So, oh my gosh, we got to meet again though, because there's more, I was listening to a lot of your podcasts. I didn't get them all. Um, please go to cycles and sanctity because even, especially if you're older, I'm in my fifties. Um, I am going to, oh, my grandchildren. I have one little baby girl, Lily, who is a grandchild. Um, my, our first grandchild, I cannot wait to tell her at all. And her mother will be completely, cause her mother believes all this as well. My daughter, Katie, but, um, we've got to get the word out please go to her podcast, get the word out that there is sanctity in your cycles. And if we are all on this trajectory to be a saint, then we have to know everything. We have to know our bodies. And I thank you, Mama Jane, for all of your work. I just appreciate you so much. Well, thank you. You have been an inspiration to me as well. So, you know, one of the things I just kind of know is um, saints hang around saints. So saints in the making hang around saints in the making. So it's like when we came together, I was like, oh, thank you, because you... You're just one of my fan. I'm I'm a fan girl of yours, and so it's like, and I of yours. Yes. Well, we'll so. be together again. We're gonna do part two on this one of these days. So yes. All right, absolutely. everyone. Um, love, love, love this sanctity and cycles. Love your body as a woman. Fast and pray out there. And if you um, love the podcast like I do, please, please, please go ahead and leave a review and get other people to fast and pray and know about their bodies as well. All right. I will see you next week. God bless. Take care. If you are interested in learning more about spiritual fasting and permanent weight loss, then come join my course, Delay and Pray, a 12-week guided course for weight loss through spiritual fasting. You won't go through it alone either. I will be there to coach you every step of the way. This is a group coaching program where you are part of an amazing community of like-minded Catholics who have the same goal as you, to bring about miracles while losing that weight permanently through spiritual fasting. Your purchase includes an online course detailing what spiritual fasting is, how to do it, and all the tools you 
you need to get you the results you're longing for. Head over to my website right now at thecatholicfastingcoach.com and get the details on how to join. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and LinkedIn to always get the latest daily information to help you keep fasting, my friends. Can't wait to see you in there. May God bless you and keep you always. Thank you.